0: It's Saturday Night 5. S-A-T-U-R-D-A-Y. Hey, another Saturday night. Another Saturday night. Saturday night. Get ready for a Saturday night. Louder. Saturday night! alright. Okay, we are live. Dynasty Saturday Night 5. Uh, another Saturday night uh, of uh, talking Dynasty. Uh, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review if you're listening to the Going For Two uh, podcast feed. And obviously, if you're watching us here on the video, whether it's live or later on, make sure you subscribe to the channel, like the video, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I'm Brian Ford here with my co-host, Josh Walker. Josh, how you doing? Doing
1: well, thank you. Glad it's the playoffs, get to watch some football. I'm also
0: really ready to talk
1: about rookies.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's... Uh, you know, we've been we've been hearing about this 2023 class for, you know, a while, and it's sort of get, getting to be more real, you know, and now that the fantasy playoffs are over, uh, you know, for Dynasty folks, um, it's rookie fever time, right? Yep. Um, and I, I think there are some pitfalls to that, right? Like, we can get so wrapped up in the shiny new toys and, you know, overvaluing draft picks and, and, and all that. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's fun, right? Because it's really the only, you know, draft that we have after the startup, you know, is the rookie draft every year. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, each year I get a little bit more involved in the process of researching and evaluating rookies. Um, what's, how do you go about, you know, trying to figure out, uh, what rookies you like and and the rankings and, and things like that? Well, before this year, this is the first year I'm actually
1: going to dive into a lot of tape. Honestly, before this year, I just found some guys that I really trust and found out that I can trust with college players and rookies, a lot of the campus Canton guys, Mm -hmm. field people from football guys. And I would honestly just read all the stuff they would do and then kind of gauge that based on them and other experts have to say and kind of gauge on the guys I know I like and what type of players I like. But I'm actually really excited to get into looking at tape and actually doing – more myself as opposed to just regurgitating other people's uh content and hard work which is a lot of what we do anyways but I'm sure. excited to do it on my own this time.
0: Right on. Yeah, I'm a little different. Each year I get deeper and broader as far as like the the research that I do. But I will I will not uh pretend to be a guy that like is grinding tape and slowing things down and frame for frame and saying Oh well, when he twists that way, he uses too much of his upper body in the cut and things like that. It, I just—it's just not my thing. I don't have an eye for it, right? Um, I am just a sponge, you know. I just aggregate information, um, you know, all during college season and and, and particularly now. Um, and you know, I like like you. I I look at folks uh, who I trust. Um, you know, and sometimes I'll, I'll watch them watch the film in front mm-hmm. of me, you know, and, and I think that helps. Uh, other times, you know, I'll see what they say and then I'll go watch the film after that and say, do I see what they see? You know what I'm saying? But I, I'm not a person who's going to like, you know, OK, let's, you know, turn on, you know, Roshan Johnson's tape, you know, versus Texas A&M and, you know, slow it down and, and judge him that way. I just I'm just not the expert uh like that but um you know I just uh, aggregate as much information as I can and eventually just kind of come to my own conclusions and so so Mm -hmm. as far as like how I rank guys and 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 things like that based on you know what I tend to look for in in players and and so um you know every year it gets bigger and bigger I I, I mean at some point I'm gonna have to pare it down really my spreadsheet is already out of control and and it's January but uh (laughs) <laughs> but I will say this: um, the the earlier you start, um, the better off you'll be. And so we, we're here starting uh, a little early as well, and uh, that's kind of the the theme tonight is is some of our early thoughts on uh, the rookies. And uh, Kyle checking in. Hey, how you doing? Always good to see you, Kyle uh, at Ky- at Senra says on Twitter, and also uh, going for two. Uh, podcast host, and also I believe the Packers, right, is the one he has a, a Packers podcast, right? Or am I getting him confused with somebody? Kyle's gonna Kyle's sure. gonna kill me if I'm getting him confused with somebody.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> live on YouTube. <laughs> ring a
1: bell, but I'm not saying that. That's I know important.
0: he does a podcast outside of um, outside of going for. I thought it was just a not... Dynasty podcast. Honestly. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Well, maybe Kyle will fill us in and, and chastise me for getting it wrong live on on YouTube. <laughs> So, um, like I said, it, it is early in the process. And, you know, uh, these takes are really just, you know, based on the information that we have now, there's still a lot. Uh, full press, hackers pod, I was correct. All right. Um, so, you know, there, there's still a lot of, um, of information that, that we don't have uh, and things that we still need to see. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so let's let's uh, let's get started with um, our early rookie takes, our early rookie thoughts. I'm going to start out um, and with a sort of broad statement, and then sort of how it applies to the 2023 class. And that is, draft capital and landing spot matter. There, I know there are some folks who say it doesn't, and it's all about the talent, and you bet on the talent. And you know when you're doing uh, rookie drafts before the NFL draft or or even before things like, you know, the senior bowl and the combine and things like that, you know, yeah. I mean, you're, you're going, you know, based on what you know and, and, and what the talent, Uh, but it matters. Um, And right now when you have no shrine bowl, no senior bowl, no combine info um, it's looking like it's going to matter perhaps more than it has in, in other years. One, because the class is so deep. And I have a lot of guys bunched together. So, what's going to differentiate, you know, uh, Charbonnet from Tank from Evans from Tucker, you know, um, from Izzy, you know, uh, is going to be where they're taking and where they land. And also, you know, we have a lot of seniors, right, which adds to uh, the the depth of of the class as well. And we and and those are folks who, you know, the early declare um, isn't. Uh, doesn't apply to them. Right. So now we have this group of people who, who, who are bigger than usual and we need to sort of suss out. Okay. Sure. Early declare box. They're not checking it. What, what do we know? Right. And part of the, part of pulling those guys apart and differentiating them from the early declares or from each other is going to be, you know, where they're drafted to and where they land. Let me give you an example real quick. Um, so, on Dynasty Fever, we did our first rookie mock um, just this past week. We did two rounds, right? And Sean Tucker went 90th to the Cowboys, right? So lower than uh, so lower than we expected in the computer-generated mock, right? And a landing spot that you know you could argue is good if Pollard goes, but you know is not say ideal as if he maybe he went to like Miami, right? So based on that, you know, uh, a talent that a lot of folks are pegging in sort of like the, I don't know, 107 to 112 area is slipped to 205, right? So it does matter. And um, in, in a year when I have a lot of guys bunched together, what's going to, you know, differentiate them from each other what's going to separate them out what's going to decide who's the top of the tier and who's the bottom of the tier i think uh draft draft capital landing spot is is going to play uh, a big role
1: no i agree and i think uh one of the points i think i'll touch on in a little bit a lot of the running backs are i don't want to say similar because they all play different but i have them ranked very similar and landing spot could differentiate someone from being you know running back five all the way to running back like 10 or 12 there's just on first glance, there's five or six guys right there that landing spot will matter where I put them in my final ranking. So,
0: Absolutely. And speaking of draft capital and landing spot, your first rookie thought is?
1: Yeah, so this is probably going to be the one of the most, if not the most polarizing player in the draft. It's Anthony Richardson. Hmm. And I probably wouldn't know as much how to gauge this, or at least personally, if I didn't see this happen with Malik Willis last year. And the only reason I uh, put those two together is both of them are extremely raw as far as quarterback goes. They are making accurate passes, right reads, handling pressure, all that. But they are also very athletic and very good at running the football. Mm -hmm. So my way of gauging Anthony Richardson is I'm going to see where the NFL scouts and people who know a lot more than I do decide he goes. And if he goes like first round, then he's probably going to be my quarterback three, uh, behind Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. If he falls to like late second, early third, I'm probably going to bump him down a little bit. Uh, he should still be fairly high up in the quarterbacks, but it's definitely going to put a pretty big knock on him if teams aren't ready yet to make him the guy. So, hmm.
0: yeah. So, one thing I wanted to say at the beginning of the show was that it's going to be an agree fest tonight because I looked at Josh's takes and I'm like, yep, 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 I'm with you. Um, but uh, there's a, a slight disagreement here on, on on this one, and it's more about the comparison uh, to Willis. I think, in a broad sense, you know, uh, the idea that um, dual threat, um, underdeveloped as a passer, um, raw ish, um, you know, that sort of thing. I think, yeah, those are those are you know they're comparable. But I, I think when when we zoom in a little bit, we see that you know Richardson is a bigger, more physical runner. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a little more pass first than than Willis was, although to Willis's credit, he wasn't just a run first like Malik Cunningham or something like that. Right. Um, So I I think there is that that difference there. And um, but but I I agree, you know, uh, when when we went into the draft process uh, last year on the eve of the draft, you know, when everybody was saying Malik Willis is a first round lock. You know, I think people are getting sick of my victory lap, but I, you know, my, my prediction was no quarterback's going to go till 20. It's not going to be Willis. And in fact, he's not going to be a first rounder. And I ended up right. I think the difference this year, though, is um, what's wrong about Richardson's passing is, I think, better than what's wrong about Willis's passing. So, no. first of all, like I said, you know, bigger, more physical. Physical runner younger so you know more moldable willis was out of eligibility uh but what i see wrong with richardson's passing is not just the inexperience he's only thrown 66 passes Um, but we're talking about um touch you know adjusting velocity we're talking about um you know uh not forcing it as much sometimes uh whereas i think with willis from what I remember correctly, there was a, a bit more fundamental mechanical issues that mm-hmm. I was worried about. I just didn't like the way he looked. Um, now now that big ceiling Richardson, could be really low floor. You're, you oh, know. Yeah. And, and I, will, I, will, I will say this: that if he does go in like the third-ish round, like, like Willis does, then obviously I have to rethink what I think of him. Uh, I I don't even think he's worth a, a first round pick in the NFL. I don't think he should be. I don't think he deserves it, but he's going to be, I think, mm-hmm. you know. And so, you know, it's going to have to factor into into our decisions. You
1: know? No, I think people are going to see especially what Justin Fields has done, you know, making up for, you know, in Fields' case it's more lack of weapons as opposed to lack of, you know, passing prowess, but I think they see that and see that they can someone might take a chance on him that wants to take a shot on that upside, but yeah, more than likely won't. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you did you mention? Oh no, I thought I thought you mentioned a, a landing spot uh, for him. I um, so he went in the computer-generated mock. He went 16th to the Commanders. Um, I think that's actually a pretty good spot. Yeah. Um, you know, let Howell and Heineke, you know, do their thing for a year, and Richardson, I, who I think needs to sit, will be able to sit. I think that's not that's not a bad place uh, to be. So, but if he goes somewhere where they're going to try to put him in day one, they could ruin him. I think so.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. And what what immediately popped into my mind, and this was just like the first thing, was like a Greg Roman led offense, maybe like something like what the Titans used to run. So maybe even the Falcons, Ravens, something like that, somewhere where they could instantly put him in and be able to give him run plays, read options. Mm-hmm. But I hope that doesn't happen. So
0: I think, if I'm not mistaken, um, Daniel Jeremiah's Mock 1.0 came out today, and in fact, Richardson went 22 to the Ravens.
1: Really?
0: See, I think that's assuming Lamar doesn't sign. But but yeah, like you said, even if they keep him, you know, he he can learn for a year, you know, or whatever, you know. Yeah. Yeah, or more than a year, depending on, like, you know, because you could, you, I guess you could tag Lamar, right, for a year, let Richardson learn, and then, you know, um, yeah, cool. Um, So we talked about the depth of the class. We talked about the running backs. So that, my, my next, you know, rookie thought is the running backs are deep. They're going to be fun, but they're deep with a bunch of fantasy football RB2s. Mm-hmm. It's tempting to look at the, you know, the the number of running backs and get ex- super excited about them, right? But when we look at what the real upside is of some of these guys, you know, what we're talking about is, is probably solid fantasy football RB2s. Other than Bijan, right? Um, you know, the ceiling on some of these guys is, is not quite as high as I think people, uh, especially like the casual fan, uh, might expect so for me right now information we have i'm going into these rookie mocks with i can get running back later yep because there's a lot of them and there's not high ceiling so that's gonna push up the you know got other guys on the draft board um it's gonna push up the wide receivers who are not as deep right um you know, it's going to push up an Addison. It's going to push up a, a JSN. It's going to push up, you know, if if you like QJ, it, it might push him up a little bit. Because, you know, in the end, you know, is, is Tank at 110, say, going to be a huge difference from, you know, Zach Evans at 2-4, two two Like, probably not, right? So I think... I think for me, it's going to push guys up the draft board. I think it really solidifies Mayer's um, spot at, at, as a, as a you know, for sure first-round pick at a tight end premium as well.
1: No, I agree. And that uh, mock we did earlier, I'm kind of surprised Mayer fell to the second round. Uh, yeah. Yeah, with all these running backs, and which I'm about to expand on one here in a second, but I, I mean, I've seen good running backs go – or running backs on similar tiers go in their third round even. So I'm definitely going to try try and boost up and get a good wide receiver or tight end early on if I can.
0: Mm-hmm, for sure. Speaking of running
1: backs. Yeah, so this one is going to be – I can already tell because I've only seen his name pop up on a few people's like websites that I've looked at, like fairly high up above like in the late 20s. And this it's someone I'm going to be higher on, and uh, – I just lost my spot. It's uh Israel
0: Abanaconda. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Izzy, Izzy, back. Izzy. Yeah. yeah, I bet you, Izzy you, is. you have an Izzy fan here in me. So I, I'm here for it. Yeah, let's hear it.
1: Yeah, I saw, I saw that when I took him in the. Well, speaking of, we did a little fun rookie mock draft with some people from going for two, and I was able to get Izzy, I think, three, three, oh four. Mm-hmm. So started the third round, and I'll take that. Honestly, probably going to be taking him in the second round. But, yeah, I mean, what's not to like with him, really? He finished tied for first in touchdowns at pit, and he was 12th in the nation in yards. And uh, I was looking through Pro Football Network. They were one of the ones that's a little higher on him. And on that side, it showed that he averages 2.46 yards after contact and had 46 missed tackles and mm-hmm. 38 runs of 10-plus yards. So I think there's big playability. There's ability to make people miss. Uh, he should run sub 4-4 in the forty. And I think once the combine comes and people really see his athleticism and really take a look at his film and tape, I think he's going to shoot up uh, the boards. I mean, maybe to the RB like six, seven, eight territory. But even then, I don't think he's going to be there for a lot of people. So I'm going to be scooping in, getting him in the second round and be very happy.
0: So I, I love him too. You know, um, I'm going to have some slight disagreement here, though. I don't expect under four, four at the combine. And I don't think athleticism is the, is, is perhaps as, as, as good as, as you think. I, I see more of just, you know, um, accelerating classic downhill, uh, runner, um, that, uh, you know, that, that is a tough runner. Um, you know, a lot of folks say he has a two down profile, um, you know, I know um, Dallas Hyder, for example, a guy that we had on da- uh, Dynasty Fever earlier this week, um, talks about how he, he's underrated as a receiver and, and has fairly soft hands. I mean, you're looking at a, a good size here, 215, right? Uh, and he'll, he won't be 21 till October, which is kind of exciting as, as well. Um, you know, again, this is, speaks to the idea that like in right draft capital, right landing spot, and, and you're going to see a lot of people be Izzy fans, I think, by by the time things, you know, come to the rookie draft. And I, I don't think you're going to be able to get Izzy at 3-4 uh, mm-hmm. IRL.
1: No. And the main thing, I mean the, athleticism, from the because I actually did watch a little bit of his tape, I he's one of, like, the quickest accelerating, like you said. His acceleration is so good. He can get the to top speed so quick that I think that's why he does have a lot of 10-plus yard runs because... He seemed in the few ta- in the few games I watched, He's decisive, hits his hole, and he hits it hard. And if yeah, if you don't hit him with your full body and your full chest, he's going to run right right through your uh, right through the tackle. Yeah, average. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I would just say I'd be interested to see what he runs. Just place a little friendly wager just for bragging rights. I think it's around two four
0: four or under four 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 or under. You're saying?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four. Yeah, four four. Four four two
0: four, four three. Um, that's more in the ballpark that I'm thinking of. I think he might be a little closer to four or five in the end. But, um, you know, with that size though, right? Like, Anna mm-hmm. analytics folks are gonna like you if you're if you're at a four four or four or five because that's a pretty good speed score. Um, yeah. When you're when you're two fifteen and running like a four four five, say like split the difference, right? That's a, that's you know you're going to, you're going to, absolutely, yeah. So um, yeah, yeah. He's definitely going to be somebody interesting, uh, interesting to watch. And, you know, I'm, I'm an Izzy fan uh, as, as well. So, plus I mean the name, right? Like Izzy, I mean, come on. Yeah. I love that. Right. You know, it's hard not to get behind that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, So I think for me uh, the next one I want to talk about is a guy I don't seem to like as some, as much as some other people uh, sort of on the flip side here. Um, and that's Quentin Johnson. Um, I don't like him, especially at cost. I don't like him as wide receiver one. Um, so listen, there's ceiling there, right? He's six, four, he's two fifteen. Um, he's, he's athletic, right? Um, he makes great highlight reel catches, um, you know, uh, he's great at contested catch, uh, really good boundary presence, right? Um, he's uh, elusive and has good contact balance, right? Like, uh, he's like big, but, you know, kind of unicorn-y in the, in the sort of athletic uh, department, right? Um, I think, however, he's a bit of a project. And high-ceiling, project type guys are guys that I don't like spending a lot of draft capital on right so some of the the knocks on him have been um you know these raw um that he's got some rounded cuts or that um we've seen inconsistent effort and and hands right like he'll make a spectacular catch and then drop like an easy one um and and I think that you know, uh, I, I, I've seen him, you know, how can I put it? like DBs get an edge on him in his routes that, that like they shouldn't be getting on a 64 215 guy, right? Um, and I mean, case in point, um, another big physical guy, um, Kaylee, Keeley Ringo, right, pretty much shut him down uh in, in the national championship game. So, you know, on the biggest stage, you know, he, he kinda he kinda got shut down. So that's a little concerning too. You know, I, I can't see him as wide receiver one right now. Um he slipped to one eleven in the Dynasty fever mock I did. Do you remember where he went? I think he went a little higher than that in our going for two mock, right? Uh as you keep going, I can look it up real quick. Um, yeah, so that's- I think it was when top I, six or seven. Yeah, when I when I think about big guys that I like much better at cost, right? I'm thinking about guys like Xavier Hutchinson out of Iowa State, Cedric Tillman, Tennessee, um, Rasheed Rice, although Rashie Rice is only 6'1", so he's not quite in that big body uh, the way that, you know, uh, Hutchinson and, and Tillman are. I mean, even a guy like Dante Demas, right? Like, you know... Six four two fifteen, just like just like QJ, and and a four star recruit, just like QJ. He just happened to be on a. I mean, he underwhelmed. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say he didn't, but you know, he was on an underwhelming Maryland offense too. That that took a five star, you know, Raheem Jarrett, and didn't do much with him. You know, like um, Talia tonga Viloa is not exactly the quarterback you, you want for for those types of guys. So, you know, I think you're going to see value with some big guys, like the ones I named, even, even Hazelwood, you know, at cost is going to be a, a better value and, and lower risk than, than a guy like QJ. Now I could be wrong last year, last year, Watson was a guy I would categorize this way, big athletic, uh, raw upside projecty, uh, weird hands. Um, and I was wrong like he showed out earlier much earlier than, than I expected. I thought he would take a little longer to develop although it should be said you know a, a lot of his a lot of his uh you know uh, uh, production was in the touchdown department right and there it's not like he's fixed every flaw in his game right so i mean you know, i just if Qj's there at like 110, 111. I don't know. Maybe I take him at that value. Maybe I maybe I trade out, you know, and try to get an, another guy later. I just there's something about it. I just I just don't love it. And and I think people throwing him up there as this like you know unquestioned wide receiver one, which we're going to talk about in a second, is just you know it's just not it. So you know, did did you find where he went?
1: Yeah, he went uh, 1.17. Uh So he went. He was a third wide receiver off the board after Addison and. JSN. I think my thoughts. If you're sitting at the end of the first round and he's there, I don't think it hurts to take a shot on him because by that point you're sitting there looking at plenty of RB twos. You could probably get another one, and you're probably teams probably unless you traded for this spot's in a good spot, so you could take a chance on someone because theoretically yeah. you might not need him this year. And if you're there on a rebuild, you probably have a few other firsts before this. So you know, I think end of the but- first round, I think it, you should take a shot on him.
0: Let me ask you this. You're at 110. You like the landing spot and draft capital for Anthony Richardson. You taking Richardson or QJ?
1: I'm taking Anthony Richardson over QJ, I
0: think. Is it because it's super flex or? Mostly, mostly, but
1: also I think because the way Anthony Richardson runs, it's, it's uh, it's pretty special. So I think if he gets a good spot with a good coach and a good system, you know, even if he's not the best passer, a la Jalen Hurts last year, you know, you could he could still be fantasy relevant, especially in a super flex league as a rookie. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think I would.
0: Right. So you and I, I think are gonna agree on this next one about who is a wide receiver that we like.
1: Yeah, and honestly, this one's I have I have uh this person in a tier of their own. It's Jackson Smith and Jigba. I like Addison a little bit, but he has a lot more flaws than uh, I could come up with for JSN. So I, I'm going to have JSN in his own tier. And honestly, if your name's not B. John Robinson, Bryce Young, or C.J. Stroud, I'm taking uh, JSN o- over everybody else. And the main reason why is as a sophomore on a team with Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, he was able to put up 1,600 yards at Ohio State with nine touchdowns, and he was the third option. I think people are overlooking this year that he didn't play and just see just how dominant he was as a sophomore. And, you know, yeah, he lacks top-line speed. He won't run like a four, three, but at the same time, he's so good at route running. I think he's a better route runner than Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave were coming out, and that was the main reason I liked both of them. Um, I think, I think he's just too good, and I think people are just – I don't know why they're just not putting him up there. I've seen a lot of places have him as 10th overall, wide receiver four behind Quentin Johnson and Addison. Mm. And I'm just going to be, like I said, if I'm not in the top three, I'm going to be taking JSN every chance I get. He's going to be my guy this year. I feel like kind of like Olave was last year.
0: Yeah, I, I have some slight disagreement. I, I don't know that I that I love his route running as as much mm-hmm. as you do. I'm not saying it's bad, but I think it needs more polish. I don't think it's at the level that Olave was at. Um, but but your point about you know, listen, you know, here's here's a, here's a guy who, you know, produced with like big numbers on a team with Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, who are in people's, you know, top 10, 12 dynasty wide receivers right now. uh, And who, for what it's worth, not that they're going to say bad things about him. They say he's better than them. Um, Yeah. I just, you know, I think the, the sort of weird 2022 that he's had um, has, has made people back off a little bit. And I think, um, you know, Quentin Johnson's development, because you got to remember, this is like, with Quentin Johnson, if I'm correct, like only the fifth year that he's played organized football. Right. So, um, you know, when he's taken a step in, in his development. So, you know, with a weird 2022 and that's what sort of, and you know, and Addison sort of staying, you know, safe and and and, you know, and and um and you know productive and not taking the step back. I mean JSN kind of got lost in that shuffle. And for me, he's wide receiver one unquestioned. Um you know uh the only thing that would make me maybe put addison like a tick ahead of him is if he gets a really bad landing spot that i that i just don't like you know the crowded wide receiver room or a bad quarterback and it, in a in a very vanilla offense or something like that but yeah i think and i think also folks are a little a little um uh sleeping on him as far as what he can do as a deep threat um you know i don't i don't lump him in with even addison but but especially guys like you know josh downs or something or as as like a slot guy right like even though he'll operate out of the slot a lot like he's a little bigger and better at at you know at at deep uh as a deep threat than a lot of slot guys are in the in the nfl and so um yeah i i love he's 21 right like you know what's not to like right like i i love jsn so you know, plus one, uh, plus one there. Yeah. Uh, looks like we lost Josh. No, Is he back? Hey, he's back. Sorry. It's all right. It happens. Um, technical difficulties, but yeah, I was just waxing poetic about about <laughs> JSN and how we're we're both on 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 team team JSN. Uh, um, so let's see here. Where do I want to go next? Um, we're going to talk about two more divisive uh, prospects: one for me in the quarterback range, and one for you in the wide receiver range. Let's talk about Will Levis. One thing that's important to remember about rookie process and rookie season is it's super early right now, right? Like it's January twenty-first. You know, we don't have um, a whole lot of information, right? Um, so you shouldn't get take lock, right? Like where you either fall in love or hate a player and it kind of, you know, sits in your brain and, and, uh, and just sort of blinds you to new evidence, right? You know, um, not sticking to your priors too much, not gaslighting yourself into like, you know, that your judgment was maybe super wrong, but, you know, incorporating new information and new, and new data into the process. I, I know not to get too personal or whatever, but um, folks may know I'm, I'm autistic. And one of the executive functioning issues that a lot of autistic people have, including myself, is it's hard for us to get off one line of thinking, right? Mm-hmm. Which I think contributes a little bit sometimes to when I'm slow to raise guys, particularly rookies up, up my board or, you know, or, or you know, kind of a, I'm slow to, you know, lower guys that I love and, and and that sort of thing. All that said, at the moment, right? <laughs> I want nothing to do with Will Levis. You know, this idea that Will Levis is Josh Allen, I think we need to just we need to we're losing our our, our minds here, right? Yes, are are they comparable in sort of you know uh skill set and that you know Allen coming out of college was considered projecty and kind of raw. Yes. But it, it also should be said that. Allen is very much uh, um, an anomaly with that kind of jump from raw in college to, you know, elite, especially at the quarterback position, right? Um, Will Levis is going to be compared to Anthony Richardson a lot because they're both, um, you know, have passing flaws, but are athletic and and can run well. Um, You know, Listen, he's got a big arm, right? Um, the rest, I just, I, I, I just can't get on board, right? It's hero ball, it's hospital balls, it's bad decisions, um, it's even when he runs, opening himself up to big hits, uh, uh, you know, extending plays too long. Uh, and not throwing the ball away, which also leads to interceptions and, you know, and or taking uh, big hits. Uh, he needs to develop just, you know, just like Richardson, but I think the ceiling is lower here. I almost like, I like a lot more of what I see out of Richardson so far than what I see out of Levis. And important to note too is that they're almost two years apart in age, right? Like Levis is going to be 24 in June. And Richardson is going to be 22 in May, right? So, you know, um, Richardson is more like, I think, moldable, you know. Um, you know, Levis has these sort of bad habits set in, right? Levinson's, uh, Le- Le- Levis' Levis's, uh, uh, TD to interceptions this year was 46 to 25. You know, like like, come on. I understand that, like, his offensive line wasn't great or whatever, you know. You know, but they're both playing against SEC defenses. Like, I want nothing to do with Will Levis at the moment. Um, Like I said, I don't think either of them are worthy of a first-round NFL pick. Sadly, there's probably like an 80% chance they both will be first-round NFL picks. And therefore, I don't think either of them really warrant a first-round rookie draft pick. But sadly, you know, because of their draft capital, they probably will be worth rolling the dice on at some point in the first round. I'm going to do everything I can to not have to not take Will Levis. If I'm at the 106, right? I'm taking Addison before I'm taking Will Levis. Yep. But what do you think about him?
1: <clears throat> well, I, I can't tell if it was like a bit or he is being serious, but there's a video that I saw going around that Will Levis puts mayonnaise in his coffee. Oh,
0: yeah. Another reason to hate no, him.
1: I mean, that right there is enough for me to say, I will. No. you're on my no draft list. You're probably ahead of Gabe Davis. Like, I will never have him on my team just for that. But even besides that, everything you said, I agree with 100%. There's not even anything I want to pick apart about that. I'm not a Will Levis fan. I don't think he's going to be – you know, super good. He might get drafted in the first round, but even then, I'm still not gonna to touch him. The only way I might take him in a rookie draft is like round three or four, and he's just not gonna be there.
0: No, yeah. I, don't so, I mean, the only way he's gonna be there is if he if he gets the Willis treatment in real life. You know what I mean? Which does, d- it's even not, then, like it's gonna happen.
1: even then, I'm that just is proof to me that he's not even gonna make it my fifth, sixth round rookie draft.
0: Yeah. So, um, interesting though, I was told. I haven't looked it up to confirm, but I was told which breaks my heart and yours too. Michael Mayer is also a mayonnaise and coffee guy.
1: No, that's, that's, you know, someone from USC or Michigan put that out there to hurt his draft. (laughs) That was a personal (laughs) attack against Notre Dame. That is is propaganda. It
0: is. I don't, I don't believe it. (laughs) Hold on. We have a, we have a a, a Canada information (laughs) here. So Kyle saying if Will Levis was Canadian, he would pronounce his name, levi okay i i can buy it and 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 of course uh he would say that he's on a football organization uh and he's going through the development process uh as well yeah uh, not sure that would change his dynasty value kyle i don't know yeah no i don't think so i think he could he could he could, he could pronounce his name anything that he wants he could pronounce his name Farv and i and it's not it's not happening but uh and so you have another divisive uh uh, prospect with on-field and off-field uh issues uh what's your take
1: yeah so this one's kayshawn butte before any of this started towards the end of the college football year i thought i was going to be really high on him and i still might be but he is one of those guys who's also a little polarizing um but the main thing I'm worried about, I'm not even worried about the main thing that just, I was thinking about here, this whole, he was supposed to go back to LSU. Now apparently comes out there's some sex scandal uh, between him, and some coaches, and I'm not going to really get into that, but rumor has it. He was asked to leave after declaring he was going to stay back. And that in itself, I think is going to be a red flag to a lot of teams that the LSU just didn't want him there mm. and kind of forced his hand to go into the NFL uh, if they look down on this, he could fall a few rounds. Uh, they might question his integrity, all that stuff. And I don't really think, you know, that's as big of a deal as a lot of people make it. But I do think if he drops in the NFL draft, or if people just kind of forget about him, I, I'm gonna take a shot on him later when he falls to a discount because I think he has potential to be a top five wide receiver in this class, maybe even top three, just given his skill set. Sure. Yeah. But I'm just gonna monitor his pre draft interviews, all this stuff, kind of see how he handles it all, how he handles the questions, how of teams evaluate him mm-hmm. and if he goes into the first you know first or second round as a you know high end wide receiver draft capital, I'm gonna bump him up mm-hmm. maybe even ahead of addison just because I have questions about him mm-hmm. but it will be interesting to monitor that as we go forward so that's gonna be one of the things that we'll be watching the most
0: mm. Yeah, yeah, Bute is is very interesting. So you know, six foot one ninety as compared to Addison's six foot one seventy five. He'll be he's twenty on draft day, but you know he turns twenty one in May, mm-hmm. uh, and Addison's and Addison's twenty one. Um, you, you mentioned the off field stuff with the sex party. Um, it's interesting because I haven't heard much since Mm-mm. like that thing Me got either. posted. The rumor came out like a a couple of the LSU staff who were supposedly involved in it are gone now too, you know, and then coincidentally, you know, Ute is like, I changed my mind. I'm coming out, but there hasn't been much since that substantiates it or or doesn't. Right. Um, You know, the NFL, uh, as much as we have uh, a lots more information than we used to, and there's lots more rookie experts out there to, to pull info from and that sort of thing. And, and, you know, there's a lot there's lots more, you know, football insiders than there used to be in that sort of thing. The NFL has the best information.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right They They have information sources that we don't have. They're going to do their 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 best. They're going to do their due diligence. They're going to investigate everything. Um, and like you said, interviews are going to matter. And we'll see. We'll see what they think yep. of, of boute I think, you know the NFL will be a lot more forgiving in 2023 to an alleged sex party than they were several years ago to um, photo evidence of somebody wearing a gas mask bong, right? Laramie Tunsil, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. like, so I don't know, you know, I don't know how much it's going to, how much it's going to matter. What I do know though, is that people have added on top of that, some on-field concerns, Mm -hmm. um, with Boutte that he didn't really adjust well to his new slot role, particularly early in the season. He seemed to like regress. Um, I don't know. I know, uh, you know, Dallas pointed out on, on dynasty fever that we have to also take into account the ankle thing and that he had surgery in the off season. So, you know, um, I think he's, he's, he's a guy like a lot of folks in, in this class who's, who, yeah, as you as you said, draft capital landing spot is is gonna matter, and um, and and that that will depend, you know, unfortunately, uh, at least somewhat on on this whole, you know, sex for what it's worth, someone goes to a sex party. I, I raise them in my rankings, but that's yeah. just me. Yeah.
1: No. And <laughs> so <laughs> one quick comparison that kind of just yeah. popped in my head. you see him mm-hmm. kind of being like this year's Kadarius Tony? You know, people always not so much skill in how they play, but more so like they talk about his upside, but there's also always on the field, issues, team issues, mm. you know, being injured when he's, you know, not actually maybe injured. People say, so that comp just kind of popped in my head, and I hope he sheds that comp because I, mm. you
0: know, I hope he does a little the, better. The difference for me there is that um Boutte has been a Debbie darling, like mm. for a couple of years. I don't really think Tony was. That's fair. and going and going into the NFL draft, <clears throat> Tony was a. Uh, NFL scouts like him more than the fantasy community. And I don't think that's true with Boutte. Okay. And also, Tony's issues are present now in the NFL, right? Boutte's are now in college. He may shed them in the NFL. True. You know, but either way, you know, certainly he has the potential to be, uh, pardon the pun, hamstrung. <laughs> uh by by this stuff, just and, had to and, and end up end up you know struggling in the beginning of of his career, like like gredarius Tony right so yep, um all right, so uh my final rookie take, and i'm gonna do my best to not go on for an hour um <laughs> partly because I'm autistic, but also just because you know whatever, I love going really deep, I love sleepers, I love you know my spreadsheet with, you know, 40 wide receivers on it. And, and I love pulling names out of, out of, out of the hat and saying like, watch out for this guy, keep this guy on your radar. And and that list could go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Right. Because part of rookie fever is I think, especially early in the process, finding a reason to like everybody. (laughs) Right. Uh, You know, you know, look, looking for the possibility that some of these value guys are off the radar guys could shine. Right. So I'm going to give you a few names uh, to, to watch for, um, mostly in the positive sense that I don't that haven't been talked a, uh, about a whole lot, but I think should start to get on on people's radars. One thing that uh, uh, with that's not on the sheet that I'm just thinking of now is, um, you know, uh, Zach Evans and Zach Charbonnet, right? Um, this this I want folks to keep their eye on more for like which Zach is going to end up on top, right? Evans, Debbie Darling, that now all of a sudden is fun to hate. And I see reasons why, right? But I also see reasons why that there's elements to his game that that are still there and there are reasons to like him, right? Uh, Charbonnet, however, another interesting story, right? Breaks um, the freshman record at Michigan for touchdowns with 11. Has a weird (laughs) sophomore year. Right. It's 2020. It's the COVID year. Um, So the Big Ten doesn't play many games. Michigan's offense is just weird and terrible that year. Hassan Haskins winds up sort of overshadowing him. And he has a a very low production year. Right. And he's a California kid, goes back to Cali, goes to UCLA, puts together two very good years. Uh, In fact, people were uh, somewhat surprised that he went back um, to school for his senior year. Um, because they thought like you know the the junior year w- was was good enough and now he's gonna be a non early declare and et cetera et cetera right but he's he's a he's a very interesting guy who's getting more and more buzz um and i think you know when i think about the bunch of quarterbacks i mean of running backs that are that are together, the two zachs are are in that bunch right i made a, a i sent a, a you know humorous tweet you know about my RB three this year is, and I just strung together a bunch of last names as if they were one person. (laughs) Right. And, and Evans and, and Charbonnet are are in there. So I think those are two Zacks to to watch out for and see where they, where they end up in, in, in the, in the, in the rookie process. Um, Charbonnet, if he runs like a four, 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 five, like could be wheels up, Um, you know, and, and uh, you know, um, Evans. We'll see. Um, people are, are finding ways to knock his game, including that one of the reasons he had so few carries was that, you know, Kendra Miller and, you know, Quinshawn Judkins are as good or better than him, you know? So something to, something to watch the two Zacks, uh, a running back, uh, who is on the smaller end and that's never good. But who really has been productive is Ty J Spears at a two lane. So he'll be 23 in June. So he's not, you know, young, um, you know, but 5'10, uh, 190. If he comes in at like 180, 185, I'm going to be like, right. Um, but, you know, he's got, he's got speed. He's quick to the edge. He's got burst, 6.6 yards per carry. Uh, he's really rising up through uh, people's uh, draft ranks um, you know he's elusive and tough you know especially for his size his size and strength may limit his draft capital but if he shows out at the combine he's already rising up draft boards um, he's an interesting guy to, to take to take a look at I believe he's in one of these senior games either the shrine or the um or the um, Senior Bowl. Bowl. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, definitely somebody to to take a look at Um, from the wide receiver department. um, Puka Nakua uh, is out of BYU. BYU kind of had a a not as good as expected year. Their their offense was expected to do really well. Um, uh, But I think Puka is going to fly under the radar. Unlike a lot of BYU prospects, he didn't uh, spend time on the mission. So he won't be 22 until May, right? Whereas his quarterback is like 25 coming out, right? Um, you know, he's he's got good speed. He's a he's a, he's a playmaker. Uh, he's got sideline presence. Um, he was used as a rusher as well, uh, where he you know he showed uh, uh, some good signs as as a rusher. Um, you know, I think coming out of BYU. You know, it's not as good a program as some other schools, but I think he's kind of flying under the radar. 6'1", 210, that's pretty good size. Somebody to to, uh, to keep an eye on. Um, and let's see. Uh, this guy, I love it. Andre Iosivas, I believe is how you pronounce his name. He's got the name of an Eastern European basketball about, player. Right. Straight right. out of Russia. Yeah, <laughs> he he played football at Ivy League Princeton, right? But got an invite to the Senior Bowl, which you don't see a lot of guys coming out of Princeton, you know, getting an invite uh, to the Senior Bowl. 6'3", bit of an older prospect. Uh, but, you know, you know, somebody to, to keep your eye on, right? When, when you see somebody come out of Princeton, get an invite to the, to the Senior Bowl, where Jim Nagy really doesn't invite people unless they're probably going to be in the first five rounds of the NFL draft. He's a name worth taking a look at. I'm going to end with two tight ends, which is going to transition into your last uh, take. Tucker Craft, South Dakota State, right? So we're talking FCS. Um, Big boy, big boy, Tucker Craft, 6'5", 255 uh, out of South Dakota State. Um, uh, I think he's going to be somebody to take a look at. Um, Good hands, uh, good size, uh, you know, uh, an aggressive run blocker. I, I, I think he's, he's worth taking a look at. Obviously, he's raw. He's coming out of a small school, you know, but we've seen Lance, Watson, Pierre Strong get valued highly coming out of, you know, FCS. So uh, somebody to take a look at. And then one of my faves, probably my tight end three at this point, but but gosh, he could be my two. And that's Darnell Washington. Six seven two sixty five, with, you know, some athleticism in hands and is a pro ready blocker. He's going to be a problem uh, for, uh, for a lot of, a lot of folks. Um, so, you know, craft uh, and, and Washington, I think are going to transition into your next point, but um, just want a couple more comments here uh, in the chat. Uh, Julia been a, been a minute since we heard uh, from Julia. Good to see you. Uh, what up, Brian and Josh? Good Saturday. apologize for being late. Ah, come on. You have a life. It's Saturday night. There's an NFL game on. Come on. You know? Uh, and let's see. Uh Charbonnet uh is uh number two for your uh in Julia's running backs this year. Um I think he is uh, uh underrated, um, especially relative to, to where you have him. Uh, but I definitely think um he he's he's rising. Um Second round remains to be seen. I think with, with running back in the NFL, I think he's more likely to be like a third rounder, you know, fourth rounder maybe. Uh, but I don't know. What do you think, Josh, about, about that?
1: Uh, yeah, on your own point between Charbonnet and Evans, I, I think Charbonnet is a little underrated with his hands from what I've seen and read. He has pretty good hands for his size. So I think he's going to show out. And I, I like him more than Zach Evans on that. But I think you're right. I think it could be like a third round. I don't know if he'll get pushed up to the second round, but even third round is really not that bad for him. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, Julia yeah,
1: also
0: two, but. Julia also asking us about Izzy of Anaconda. You're late. You missed it. You, we we had an Izzy love fest earlier, so uh, um, I think you might like that. And then she's asking how we compare him to Dwayne McBride. Um, you know, uh, yeah, there's a concern about Dwayne McBride. You know, with the with the competition. I just think that Izzy's just overall better. You know, um, Dwayne McBride doesn't have, I think, the soft hands that, you know, for the receiving game. I think he has probably even less athleticism, you know, pure athleticism than, than Izzy. But I like him. I happen to like McBride. You know, um, You know, for me, he's toward the end of that tier of running backs that are like, uh, like these all all these guys could go like late second to early fifth, right, in the NFL draft. And, and draft capital and landing spot are going to matter a lot. For what it's worth, McBride led the NCAA in rushing. You know, this year, um, you know, good physical runner, uh, probably a two down profile. But um, um, what do you, do you know? Uh, have you looked a little, uh, much at, at McBride? He's not exactly a guy that a lot of people are talking about.
1: I haven't yet. I've seen the name pop up, and he's definitely on my list for like tape to watch. But
0: yeah, I had him as a first. That's why I kind of already knew about him.
1: Yeah, he was first in rushing, but, I mean, Izzy was 14th and tied for first in touchdowns, so mm-hmm. a lot better at missing tackles, catching the ball, like you said, mm-hmm. so I'll, I'll take Izzy over. All
0: right, so I ended my my spiel with, uh, with Tucker Craft in Washington as far as tight ends, um, which leads us into your last uh, rookie take.
1: Yeah, so I think this tight end class, you know, everyone was talking about last year's class having a decent bit of tight ends. I think there's not as many – prospects that are like be drafted in rookie drafts, but I do think there some of them were being slept on this early at least. You know, starting with one of my f- favorite players, Michael Mayer. Uh I'll start off by saying I'm a Notre Dame fan, so take things I say with a grain of salt. Uh but either way, I already have him as a top seven or eight dynasty tight end. And depending on the landing spot, he could be top five. Uh he checks all the boxes you want that NFL teams want in a tight end. He's Some places say 250, some places say 265, but either way, he's got good size. Uh, He's a solid blocker. There's still a little bit of room to improvement, but it's not a weakness in his game. It's not like he can't get in line and block. And he's a really good route runner, really fluid in the open field for his size. Uh, He led all the tight ends in, I think, target percentage for routes he ran. It was like almost 30 40%. And he's really in a tier of his own. But after that is where I kind of differentiate from some other people. I have Darnell Washington as my early tight end, two, mm-hmm. with crafts coming in at three. Mm-hmm. Just because okay. I think that raw size – or the size and, you know, some of the slightly raw skills I think uh, can play well at the next level. I think Washington has really good hands for his size. He can go up and make contested catches. And that dude's just going to be a problem, not only running the ball, but also in the red zone. Like he's just going to body linebackers out of the way, and then in the open field, he does have the top-end speed to outrun linebackers. So I think he's going to be going to be a mismatch and a big red zone threat. And then I haven't dove in as much on Kraft, Kincaid, and Musgraves, but those mm-hmm. three guys will also be solid. And I'll definitely have more to say about them. But right now, I do like Kraft a lot, even though he is FCS. I just like a good size tight end that can run in the open field and catch some balls. So, mm.
0: yeah, I I like Kincaid. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. He's he's my two uh, and Washington's my three at the moment. Uh, mm-hmm. But that could that could easily change. Um, yeah. But but see, I think it's worth talking about the 2022 tight end class for a second, though, mm-hmm. as well to sort of frame this, because, you know, at this point in the year last year, like January ish, we were being told. Right. It's McBride, Wiedermeyer. And then who the heck knows? And then, like Dulcich started creeping up a little bit, but you know, we were told it's not a good class, right? Yeah, and you know, now look at it, right? We've got McBride, Dulcich, uh, Jelani, Chig, Otten, Bellinger, right? All our Rucker too, who I think uh, has still got talent.
1: Right.
0: Yeah, all doing well already, right? You know, all, all, all flashing, um, and so Isaiah Likely, I forgot, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know. Um, tight ends I don't know since they take a long time to develop uh, who knows right like we could be you know we're looking at this class and going uh eh, it's Mayer, a few other guys and not much who knows right you know um, there's gonna there might be uh, a chig you know who I had ranked like eighth or ninth in my in my tight ends and now you know he's doing really well um, you know they're they're um, especially you know when you have different kinds of tight ends and, and tight ends are used differently now in the NFL like you know a, a, a guy who you know, can't block, may not get on the field much, but in the right offense that doesn't need him to block, right, that can move move the tight end around and big slot and all that, like, you know, like likely, you know, like, you know, that, that's not as much of a hindrance, right? Say a tight end goes to the Lions, right? They've got Brock Wright to block, right? They don't necessarily need that rookie coming in to be a great blocker, yep. right? Um, they do have Mitchell, who's, who's you know more a- athletic, and, and I think is you know may take a step forward this year. But you know, just just off the top of my head, that's that's an example of you know you can go into the NFL not be a great blocker, but if you the right body type and they use you the right way, you can still you can still succeed. On that
1: on that point, just picture next year Brock Bowers going to the Dolphins, who ran a in the slot, you know seventy five. 80% of his routes just imagine Brock Bowers and so I mean like you said Brock Bowers is not very early on he's not coming out this year but next year yeah. is he's well, a smaller tight end so you
0: one know. thing that makes me worry though is um not just the presence of Tyreek Hill but the new coaching the new offense didn't really use Gasicki well right um he kind of became a, a, an afterthought I think Gasicki as a free agent is going to go somewhere that uses him well and I think is a very good value right now I think it's a very good buy low yeah so I would be worried actually if if Bowers made it to to Miami but then again he's Brock Bowers right and you know he's a beast yeah. so you know who knows yeah
1: right? I think he's our I think he's already a better receiving tight end, just pure like going out there and catching passes, run after the catch thing Gasicki. But he does like all those intangibles. And the only reason I say that is I think if a team goes like that, goes out and gets a guy not well on the block, I think they're going to figure out ways to use him in their offense as opposed mm-hmm. to McDaniel's coming in with Kasicki already or something like that. So, all
0: right. I listen, I have to be accountable. I can't hide this in the chat. Um, Brian, are you still high on Brevin Jordan? in This coming season in Houston, or are you dropping him your tight end dynasty? Right? So, we talked a couple times this year uh, on the show about like losses, you know, taking big L's and where we've been wrong and then disappointments and that sort of thing. Yeah, Brevin Jordan is one of them. Um, was it really good process to have a day three tight end that wasn't super athletic get excited about him as much as I was? Probably not. Um you know, uh, the thinking going into this year about liking him was that he flashed, he showed growth, uh, Mills showed growth, uh, and that, you know, um, when you throw in Nico and Cooks and that they would add, a, you know, a better running game to use play action, right, that, and he had chemistry with Mills, that he could take a step forward. I wasn't, you know, but I was wrong, right? Uh, I will say this, though. Yes, I have dropped him in my rankings. Uh, he went from like 12 or 14. Now he's in like the mid 30s, right? Um, tight ends take a while, you know. Next year's his third year, right? We see a lot of tight ends in their third year, you know, break out or you know figure it out or that sort of thing. He's going to have, we would hope, a better quarterback, uh, maybe Bryce Young. Um, we would hope, you know, a, a, a better coaching staff. Uh, we would hope the overall offense will improve. They'll probably add a compliment back uh, for Pierce and maybe a, a wide receiver. A lot of folks are mocking JSN or Addison to, to Houston. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not listening. Was I wrong? Yeah. Um, is it very possible that better days are ahead? Yes. So that's my honest take on, on, on my, my Brevin Jordan failures so far.
1: No, I, I agree, and I think that offense was so bad this year, a lot worse than people expected. I think Bryce Young stepping in, they're automatically going to be considerably better than they were this year with Mills. Mm-hmm. So,
0: all right, so let's land the plane here. Any any final thoughts about uh, the 2023 rookies so far? Anything that we didn't cover? Any sort of advice or anything you want to give to folks?
1: Um. Just keep watching because this is on, honestly the very this week was the very first time I've actually dove into the rookies because I've been trying to wrap up, uh, you know, the playoffs, all this other stuff, and we're just now getting back into it. So just stay tuned. Opinions are going to change by the end of the draft before the season. I might have a completely different take about some of these guys. So mm-hmm.
0: yeah. yeah, plenty of time would, for things to change. I would say you know I would ditto all that. I would also say beware of narrative. And I'm Mm -hmm. guilty of it sometimes, too, right? Um, But, uh, you know, people want certain prospects to succeed. People have the narrative in their mind already that it's a riser. So, you know know what I mean? But Mm -hmm. just go on as much sort of raw, basic information as you can, whether that's a film grade or an analytics number or whatever it is, right? Like, um, try to cut out the noise. As, as much as possible because we're going to have four months now where all we're going to do is bicker on Twitter about these drug oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm yeah. ready for it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, if you're listening on the Going For Two Live uh, audio podcast feed, please subscribe, rate, and review. If you're watching us here on the YouTubes, whether it's live or later on, please make sure that you subscribe to the channel. Click the thumbs up to like the video and turn on those notifications. Um, also, uh, you know going for two has a whole family of content we've got articles on the website goingfor2.com with you know sort of our off-season schedule now going to be like player breakouts and prospect profiles and you know uh, free agency articles and, and that sort of thing uh, we still have podcasts going including ours including dynasty gambit on on thursdays um, uh, and others speak on it on tuesday they do a great job uh, on, on on speak on it um so uh, and obviously others too that are that i'm that i'm you know forgetting but also when you go to going for two.com on the bottom right you'll see the little purple thingy like with the discord logo click on that hop in the discord the discord itself is free there's hella channels where with a lot of uh talk whether it's redraft dynasty debbie props dfs um you know we're going to run mock drafts and mock rookie drafts uh in the mock draft channel you know so um, you know, there's going to be links to those drafts in that channel. So, you know, make sure you you, you join the discord. It's it's a really good place to be. Um, time for plugs. Uh, Josh, tell us where folks can find you. Yeah,
1: you can follow me on Twitter at Rotonaut, R-O-T-O-N-A-U-T. And uh, yeah, also drop in that discord. I just joined an orphan. There's a bunch of open leagues. Try and get in a league, you know. I guess me or Brian or something. There's plenty of opportunities to have fun and talk football in the Discord. Uh, yeah, you can find my off-season articles at goingfor2.com. Uh, I just updated my Dynasty rankings, but I need to go through and do them again. So I'll keep updating those through the off-season. Mm-hmm.
0: Right oh, which reminds me that um, we're also going to be adding uh, rookie rankings mm-hmm. to, to, to that Dynasty rankings page. Awesome. So, yeah, so please make sure that you, you take a look yep. at that. Uh, which is ongoing for 2.com, which is also where my dynasty rankings are. I'll be writing more now that it's the off season. Um, you know, I don't know exactly what yet, maybe some free agency running backs or, um, uh, uh, you know, prospect profile, something I'll, I'll be writing more uh, than I used to. You can find me at Twitter at FF underscore. You can also find me um, uh, at, um, on the dynasty fever podcast at dynasty fever pod on Twitter. We record on Wednesdays and it drops on thursdays and you can find me being really mad that people don't tag folks uh otc on sleeper did you catch that one josh or were you distracted i'm responding to julie on the youtube
1: channel So, yeah, you caught my ADHD right in the worst spot. No, it's,
0: it's okay. It's, pro- it's probably better. And, to, I, I, to... and
1: I had a typo. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, tag discipline, guys. Come on.
0: Yeah, come on. Let's go. Team <laughs> Tag discipline. Don't get me started. All right, folks. Uh, that's a wrap. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being with us. We will see you next week, 730 uh, Eastern, live on the YouTubes. And, of course, later on on your podcast feed. Go, Irish. By the way, I googled Mayer and the mayonnaise and the coffee. Nothing came up.
1: Okay, yeah, I told you. Mm, We'll see. (laughs) Fake news. All
0: right, take care.